Hi, this is Johnny Whitaker, or John O. Whitaker Jr., remembered from Family Affairs, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. And you are listening to Then Is Now Podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, Ah! it's scary. What kind of a sick school is this? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend. I love to celebrate from in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. Hey! Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A dynamite! Show me the money! Don't! Up your nose when you have a hole. A what? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Go to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Hello and welcome to another episode of Then Is Now Podcast, the show in which we discuss pop culture of the past and help you, the listener, introduce the young people in your lives to all the cool stuff they missed out on. Well, folks, it's that time of year again, and joining me this episode are the great duo of George and Gene, who are the masterminds behind the Drive-In Monsterama events. And coming up next month is the April Ghouls Drive-In Super Monsterama 2023 at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. So sit back for a fun time as the guys tell us what films they're showing this year, and we'll get into great detail about that. Class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Food fight! Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shock class. Woo woo! Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class. Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good, sign this. 
Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're going to have recess all the time. Woo! Go play and have fun now. Okay, folks, I'm here once again with the great George and Gene, and it's been a while, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Very well. Great. With a great. With, I like that. With a great. <laughs> so what's happening, Roger? Oh, uh, not much. Just I'm the to... one with George. I'm George. I'm the one with the New York accent. So I'm told by the Pennsylvania people. <laughs> That's all right. I got the I'm Boston the, the accent. Has, I have what's called a, I just found this out this week. I'm kind of excited about it. I was told this week. Several, several odd things. The first thing I was told is I have what's determined as a mid-Atlantic accent. Was it a mid-Atlantic accent, which is a combination of English, of, a, of an American accent and an English accent. I didn't know this existed, that there's actually a hybrid, and it's me. And uh, <laughs> I had somebody at work approach me. I had This is not the first time this has happened. I had someone approach me at work this week and tell me that I, I don't look American. And I've had this... <laughs> So many times in the last, I don't know how many years, and I said to the guy, why don't I look American? He said, your cheekbones are higher than normal American people, and you look like you're British. And I said, well, I mean, that British isn't my pedigree by all means and members of my family, but I, I've never been told that. I've never been told I had a, a, a different kind of accent, and I guess I do. I guess it's the syntax and the way that I say things and put words together that makes me different, but hmm. whatever. So that's my pedigree. That's my dialect pedigree, um, <laughs> which has been what I've, the way I've spoken for decades. And it's not, in, it's just what I'm comfortable with. So yeah, there you go, guys. I'm not Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Boston, so I don't pronounce my eyes. <laughs> yeah. You, we noticed you're doing an accent immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but I don't sound like I'm from Pittsburgh. You say that again? So I don't sound like I'm from Pittsburgh. That's what people tell me. Oh, I can funny. get into the Yinzer accent. We call people in Pittsburgh Yinzers. They call themselves Yinzers because they say, "What are Yins going to do?" <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. And and, and they also they also uh, they have some strange pronunciations with certain words. And I found myself sometimes falling into that that local um, that local trap, I guess. So I guess I can pull off Pittsburgh pretty good from what I'm told. So. That's funny. But, uh, it's been a struggle to maintain some sort of individuality in the city. But, <laughs> okay, Rod, sorry. Enough, enough of our theories on dialects. <laughs> That's all right. So this year's event is going to be a special spring stock and slash weekend, and you guys got an awesome lineup once again. On Friday, April 28th, you've got Silent Night, Deadly Night, Chopping Mall, Slumber Party Massacre 2, and Sorority House Massacre. And on Saturday, April 29th, we've got Maniac, Maniac Cop, The Toolbox Murders, and Silent Madness. So can you guys tell us how this year's lineup came about? Well, yeah, um, <laughs> well, well, the, well, the thing is, uh, I mean, uh, the April show, the, the 80s horror uh, has been proven to be very, very popular in the 80s. And uh, we've done two back to the 80s weekends in April where we show 80s horror films, not just slasher films, but like zombie and various monster and mad science, you know, like reanimator and things like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I really wanted to do something that um, centered, in, centered in on slasher 
on the slasher uh, phenomenon, if you want to call it that, because uh, you know it's it's just so so popular with with especially with the people that come in April. They just just they they love they love the slasher films, and I wanted to like Gene and I were talking. Uh, you know, should we show another Halloween film? So do we have to show? You know, I wanted to do something a little offbeat with this, with like not show a Jason or a Freddy or uh, uh, what's the other Michael Myers. I mean, let's show different slasher films that aren't you know identified with a a character that's you know been in you know one of the guys you always see, like the Leatherface. The, you know, like I said, Freddie, you know, just do something that not everybody else is doing in one weekend. And right. um, I wasn't sure how it was going to um, be accepted because I'm like, you know, some of these movies are not that popular. Some of them are things that I said I would never show. <laughs> One of <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, actually, we had scheduled for the April, the year of the pandemic where we had to cancel the show. So we're bringing that back from yeah. that yeah. schedule yeah. that never happened. And uh, I just realized how popular that film was because everybody's asking about it. Like, when are you going to show it? When are you going to show it? When are you going to show it? So it was like, uh, I don't know if it was like the starting film. I don't think it was the starting film for what was to be that, what was that, 2020 when we canceled? Yeah, what was, what, which one I missed what you said, which show? Which uh, Silent was? Night, Deadly Night. I can't we, remember. We had it, it, it yeah, we had it, well, I don't think it was, for, it definitely wasn't first, but now it's, it's turning out, it, it, we, you know, we scheduled it as the first, the opener for Friday, and then, well, I was just going through, uh, doing some browsing the other day, and I saw it came, like, I mean, you know, list of favorite films and best films and, yeah, I don't. Nobody takes them seriously, but you know, the, out of curiosity, you see what what is written on a list of like, like, like Entertainment Weekly had this list of the twenty best slasher films. That's the, I mean, it's their opinion and everything. Right. But I was surprised to see that one on there. I'm like, okay, it really is. You know, this Killer Santa Claus film that had a lot of controversy when it first came out in 1984, I think. Yeah, right. Uh, that's, that's our, I, mean, I pulled up the 2020, the 2020 show that we didn't get to do, the Lost show. We've already started showing, we've already shown Boggy Creek from that. The Friday lineup was Piranha, uh, Humanoids from the Deep, Tentacles, Legend of Boggy Creek, and then Saturday's first was Slumber Party Massacre, followed by Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Chopping Mall, which of course are back to back again. And then Spookies was the last film that was scheduled for that night. So, you know, these movies, I think, from 2020 will be coming back. So that's exactly how they were intended, one after another. Yeah, but to repeat, we so, did not, yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Chopping Mall were scheduled for this show that did not happen because because of the pandemic. We, right. right. Uh, we and the theater decided, right. you know, this is not going to happen, so we canceled right. it. And then we never... We never like replicated that entire schedule as is, but we started to bring back some of the titles that we had intended to show. We showed Legend of Boggy Creek uh, in a, on a September show like two years ago, I think. But I forgot. Yeah, yeah Chopping Mall is another yeah. one that's on that list um, that was on, that was scheduled to show and bringing that one back. And I that's another one where I'm like really now. This is not like a traditional slasher Chopping Mall, but it's. Um, 
you know, it's got killer robots, but it is it is considered a, sla- a slasher slash science fiction film, so it, it fits the bill, I guess, you know. Right, right. And, and we'll, uh, we'll get into the details of the films in a little bit, but I just wanted to ask, you yeah. know, we, we've talked about before how you guys, you know, you take great care in not only choosing the films, but deciding the order that you play them in. You know, how was that task this time around? Well, I'm sorry, how was that what? Inputs, how was that how task? Was task of what order... Right. We put him in. I, I all I said to him was, "Maniac and Maniac Cop should be back to back." That's about all the input I had. He had a, <laughs> yeah, but that was a given, together. you know. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a given. Um, you know, like like Silent Night, Deadly Night. I wasn't sure it was an opening film. It was a good opening film for Friday, but Gene kind of said, "Yeah, it is." And I'm like, do I need to, it's, to it's, get? It's a top biller. Because yeah, Halloween definitely. four and five are like like available now, and I'm like, do I need to go after them? Do I need a Halloween four? Do I need a Halloween five on this program? He's like, no, nah, you already showed. You just showed Halloween two and three, so you know. I'm like, okay, good, because it'll be a lot easier not to show them. Yeah, and uh, that's right. why and we I didn't, think, like I, think, I said, no Halloween film. point. His whole. Sort this whole big valid point about choosing and approaching the show was that the thing that he said from the beginning was that he wanted to do some lesser known um, films that you know that that represent slash and stock, and that's exactly what was chosen. That's why some of them got got chosen. Like Silent Madness might not be something that you would think would would fit, but it actually does because it absolutely defines that genre. You, you know that we're we're doing with the show, and and it also you know we're using the image from that on our T-shirt as well because that pretty much also sums up you know the poster sums up a woman being chased through the forest with with uh, with an axe with a crazed killer you know and it just it, it kind of fits you know what I mean yeah oh yeah and uh, as definitive it just fits as definitive and I think that when you look at a lot of the other shows that are being put together by other drive-ins and movie theaters and stuff, we're always seeing the constant, like he said, same films being shown over and over again. You know, it, it'll, it'll be great to maybe at some point get around to those Halloween films because they're so popular, and even Friday the 13th Part 2, um, stuff like that, it's an obvious choice. But I think that giving attention to some of the lesser uh, titles uh, is more important, and I think that makes the show more unique and more interesting for people to attend because you're always going to get the top build films, you know, like Evil Dead and 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 you know the movie Halloween, Phantasm, um, all these other films we've that we've done. You're always going to have those films coming up at, at, at drive-in double features and at weekends, but you're not going to get the opportunity to see these obscure films or less popular films mixed in with some top billing as well you know right. and that's that's what is one of the things that i think our our attendees really enjoy is the opportunity to see these great films yeah so especially you know at the drive-in on the big screen in the outdoors the way it should be you know absolutely and, and we talked about too another thing we talked you know every time that we that we do these shows we always get the inevitable questions sent to us privately or posted online you know are they all on 35 millimeter and you know, I'll be the one to bring it up in this discussion and play the bad guy. You know, it's great to do this films in 35 millimeter. It's great to be traditional, but you have to remember the condition of the 35 millimeter today is not the way they looked when they were originally screened back in the 1980s. Right. And, you know, other than the fact that you can say you did it, you're not getting the quality 
that people would have experienced in the drive-in back then. And it's high risk. Anybody that does that, you know, and I I support it. It's great. That's fantastic. But every time you show any of those movies and the older they get, the more risk you run of having them look worse because they're not, they're not being handled in the marketplace as pristine copies. They're hand-me-downs from God knows where. And the other problem is besides quality is the actual, you know, the physical condition of the print. And it, it, it's scary, I think, for anyone that shows 35-millimeter films from that time to realize that that could be the last time they ever get to use that print again if it's melted or if, it, if it's destroyed. There, you always run that risk with, with the way that that material has degraded, you know? Yeah. And that's a nail-biter, that's a nail-biter for me. I'm sorry. As a, as a show producer... It's a nail biter that I have to live in fear that the, something's going to break, you know, or burn up or something. And, and you know, everybody in a full drive and a sold out drive and is going to be disappointed when you say the film's shot, you know, and then you have to explain to the source that you got to We destroyed your movie by accident. So <laughs> you, you got to understand, too, there's, there's another DCP's thing the DC, to with, it's only not only the way not only the way to go. I mean, we showed 35 uh, last September for years we showed at least 35 right we showed something I mean if something's available the thing is like no if not much is available I mean that we haven't shown already and because of the DCP oh so much is being made available and don't forget we've been doing this show 17 years now twice a year so and we've never had to repeat a film unless we wanted we only repeated one film and that was Horror Express because we showed it the very first Monster Island. I wanted, to, and I chose to bring it back because not many people were at the first Monster Island, so I wanted to bring it back no, for they, the Christmas really release. Right. But yeah. because, like, the it's not only the, the quality of the prints is not a lot available compared to what we're able, what we're able to show. It a lot of these films are, were, are not available on thirty-five millimeter film. I mean, a good right. percentage of them are not. So it's not even like. They only there's no it's like there's no such animal like uh, for a lot of these films. Right, right. In and that then, in that right. format, so we, yeah. we we have so much available now, so we can, you know, really you know choose and think about what we're going to show, and and it makes it it makes it you know. And I think it's a I think it's a great program. Everybody has has so much fun. There's yeah, like there's a no few complaints per- by the apparently there's like some there's like a few purists out there. It's like this weird. I don't know. I, I call it like a like a cult because it's like these these people that go to like the drive-ins all the time and they they want like they ask like if it's thirty-five and they want thirty-five, but then they go home and they you know watch watch everything they watch is like in their parents' basement has to be four K. Right. So it's right. like doesn't make any sense. It's like they're like this weird like child cult, and it's like yeah, go go <laughs> some of the, <laughs> Some of this stuff, I mean, uh, you know, we we we've shown some bad thirty-five. We've shown some beautiful ones, you know. Uh, yeah, again, but but we we have to move forward. We have to. We're moving forward. This show, this event is not um, is is not dying out. It's just it's just it's just getting bigger and better. It's a lot more costly and difficult to handle huge pound multiple pound cases. <laughs> Right, that have to be piled up everywhere. You, you, you know, the amount of space and you know, in, in, in that screen in the projection room is limited. Yeah, and when you have, but to also, like I say, this, yeah, it's a problem. There's just no such animal with a lot of these titles that we want to show. Right. You know, 
and that we we're able to show now. We weren't able Agnify to show these. Is making a lot more available. Yeah. So the the the, yeah. the 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 catalog is rapidly expanding. When when we talk about these shows, and I throw titles at him, or he says, "How about this?" or anything about that, and then he always says, "It's now available." That's available. I'm kind of blown away by the amount of stuff that Agfa has picked up, and it's a lot of obscure stuff that you would not expect. Yeah, I mean, we could get really, really obscure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Look, what's coming but, out on Blu-ray and what's coming out on HD now. You know, it's it's unbelievable in 4K. All these different movies. Like, I just got Attack of the Beast Creatures from Vinegar Syndrome uh, about a month or so ago. We, and who would have ever which thought? Which which has been made available for theatrical. So. Right. Exactly. Who would have ever yeah. thought that 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 obscure little poorly filmed movie would be remastered and, and put up i mean it's an obscure movie it's it's absolutely shit level bad but it's to me it's a guilty pleasure it's so much fun to watch the puppets it's it's like it's like if children wanted i don't know if people have seen attack of the beast creatures but it's like that they ripped off the trilogy of terror zuni fetish and there's an entire island of these dolls that they're completely on they're completely on the level of like a five-year-old with with puppets on a stick or something, and <laughs> that actors are just the actors are literally holding them on and they're glued to people and blood going everywhere and people are screaming. One guy falls in an acid lake for no reason and melts. I mean, it's just it's it's, it's the film is right. It's so entertaining and you know I never knew it existed. I can't remember ever seeing it. I may have rented it on back in the day. I can't remember, but I you know I got a copy of it one time when I went on vacation. And at the beach, and it was like one of the perfect movies to watch when I came home from a day out in the sun was to watch this tropical island. And they do it even better because it's like a period piece. So it's like people off of like a ship like the Titanic or something, but they're not quite fully dressed in period. They're sort of like, you know, 80s clothes that kind of had been used with bits and pieces of like, you know, Renaissance clothing or whatever. Um, but listen, if people haven't seen Attack of the Beast Creatures, by all means, watch it. You'll be thoroughly entertained by how ridiculous it is to watch. It's like a Second City TV skit or something for an hour and a half. That's hilarious. I've heard the title, but I've never seen it. But um, let, let's get into the, the lineup you've guys got. So um, you've mentioned Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. Now, I covered this on our December live streaming show, Fright Lounge, with Bill Van Rin. And um, uh, I did mention then that my parents took me to see this when it first came out, like right when it came out. And uh, wow, I never, I never saw this. Yeah, before it was pulled from the theaters because it's an infamous film. But you know, we watched it again, of course, for December, and I think it holds up well. It holds up extremely well. And in fact, I just, I was just with, I don't want to say net. I, I didn't just meet. I've known Lanaya clearly for a number of years because God knows we've crossed paths at so many. Um, events and in particular when she did Living Dead Weekend we just happened to have lunch together every day in the green room which was really weird um, <laughs> for me because you know you go to lunch and there's an eye clearly three days in a row and uh, she didn't have any skills which was strange like I wanted I got her to sign something for the raffle basket it was sort of a g generic but very iconic I iconic photo of her with a chainsaw um, you know, from, from the time period, but, but she didn't even have any skills from that movie. Huh. And I was talking to her and I said, you know, I go, this movie is really big, Lanaya. You should really get skills of like being impaled on the antlers or doing whatever. When you saw with your parents, do you remember if it was the uncut one where she was pierced on the antlers or was it the, 
the one where they cut all that out. Uh, I don't recall, but I, I think it was uncut as far as I could tell. I mean, that was a yeah, long time ago. That, that was, <laughs> well, when it came out on VHS and I saw it back in, I mean, George, did you see it in the theater? I didn't see it in the theater. No, I didn't um, see it in the theater, no. Yeah, I didn't see that either, but I mean, I was a little surprised about the, why well, I, I was excited to see what the uncut edition was because I had never seen her being, you know, her impaled. I mean, for people that haven't seen the movie, there is a scene where he picks her up, kind of like Michael Myers. I'm sure that was the analogy that, or the homage they were going for. And he, he puts her on an ant, beer antlers and it pierces through her breast, which is completely absurd. Yeah. And, um, but that was, that was not available. When I saw on VHS, that was definitely cut out. So it had been edited, but I thought it went out originally in the drive-ins and theaters with that impalement scene. I'm not sure though. I'm not an expert on it. But, I, well, I think um, it probably was cut here. theatrically because, um, the Blu-ray that I watched, I forget if it was the Blu-ray or the DVD, um, they had the added footage in that had been cut, and you could tell there was a quality difference. And it was a lot of the kills were, were added yeah, back in, but that, at a lesser yeah, quality. It so definitely, it definitely was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right there. So, George, when I'm did you first see this? How, I'm surprised how popular the film is. Oh, yeah. Well, I think yeah. it was it was the first Killer Santa movie. So it was, it was back when, of course... Halloween. Was it the first? Because it was like, it was a lot at that time. Yeah, there was Christmas Evil. And it was uh, the British one. uh, Well, actually, I think, I think, I think Christmas Evil came before, but there was a lot of. What's the one that um, Edmund Perdome directed? um, Right. What's that called? Oh, it was Uh, Vault of uh, of Horror? No, 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 no. Yeah, it was the killer back in the 70s. Right. No, the killer. Oh, yeah, but that was, uh, that was in Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. But that story goes back. That story goes back to the fifties. Yeah, so I'm talking about there was right. another killer Santa Claus made around the same time as Silent Night, Deadly Night in England, and it was um. Oh, don't open. Don't open till Christmas. Christmas. Right. Yeah, don't open till Christmas. Right. Yeah. That was, but that's such a confusing disaster. And I, you know, I even said one time, you know, Caroline Monroe, is that the one, that's the one where Caroline Monroe sings, correct? Is yeah, she just has a, that's, she just plays herself as a singer. It's kind of like a, yeah, a I, weird wasted cameo, but uh, yeah. yeah it, it totally was. I, and I asked her about that and, you know, I think she kind of felt that was a mistake too. I don't know if she was trying to launch a musical career I, what what she was saying. Oh, she definitely was, actors, yeah. Actresses, and, you know, yeah. yeah. A lot of actors and actresses will just do stuff and, you know, you, you shouldn't have regret over it. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Christopher Lee did a lot of shitty films for cash. And, you know, I yeah. think years later he regretted that, but it's the way it goes. Right, you right. Know? So well. you, you, the next film on Friday is Chopping Mall from 1986. And I, I didn't see this theatrically. I saw it when it first came out on videotape. And I don't think I've actually seen it since. It's one of those ones I've been meaning to revisit. Um, but Jim Wynorski directed this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. he directed The Lost Empire, Deathstalker 2, Return of the Swamp Thing, and, of course, Sorority House Massacre right. 2, which is a sequel to the next film on the lineup, which we'll get to. Um, but I always right. thought, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I always thought Wes Craven produced this. But I looked it up on IMDb, and at least they list, and you know how credible they can be, but they only list Roger and Julie Corman as producers. Yeah, the Cormans were responsible for that, and, and, and I think it shows because of how hokey the plot is. But that movie, 
is extremely, you know what they were, of course, you know, the genre that they were tying into was like, of course, slasher films and robots going crazy. Right. Was the kind of thing that they were doing. And the Corman's did Carnosaur in the 90s. And there was a shitload of like Space Raiders. They, they ripped off a bunch of, they ripped off, they made Bow Beyond the Stars. He got recognition for that film. And then they made like five films from Battle Beyond the Stars with the <laughs> same footage. He'd throw the footage in for no reason at all with the spaceships from from Battle Beyond the Stars. And I right. think, you know, that, that was a real, that was a real questionable, of course, genre, or I should say um, decade for the Corman's. They, they certainly weren't doing the post stuff that they were doing with AIP. Um, but that movie, to me, like after I watched it, um, when we were going to show it before, I thought it stood up pretty well. I think it's, I think it's exactly what fits the bill for the kids that didn't live through the 1980s. And like that movie, for instance, Night of the Comet, which features the same actress. Yep. Um, you know, and she's a lovely lady as well. And uh, I just think that there is that sort of that sort of like uh, you know any, they could have set a movie in a blockbuster with a scream killer, and it would have been the most popular thing. Because, you know, Blockbuster has this legendary status with people that didn't get to go there as, as, as some enigma and how an inc- like it's NECA. Blockbuster was nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was ter- half the time the movies weren't available or you got charged too much money for not returning them or. Well, I think like people like Gene and I, at least like Blockbuster was not. We'd, we would go to Blockbuster if we had to, but it was more the mom and pop stores. If we had to, exactly. Yeah, yeah because the mom and pop stores had the stuff we were really looking for. Right, you right. Know, I would yeah, go to Blockbuster. Once in a while, Blockbuster would surprise you, and they'd have something that nobody else had. Right, right. Yeah. I'm talking about because I was looking for more of the obscure stuff rather than new releases and things. But uh, Right. Yeah, I worked yeah, at I a had, Blockbuster a in the late 80s. Well, but Chopping Mall is another one that... Yeah, and I I just realized okay, my confusion with thinking Wes Craven, it was Deadly Friend was the one he had done, um, not Chopping. Yeah, well, Mall. he directed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what's That's cool about Chopping one? Deadly Friend. You know, you're going back. Going. Back, I want to go back to the 35 millimeter uh, thing with Deadly Friend. We tried to get like Warner Brothers. I had booked Deadly Friend for an April Ghouls on 35 millimeter from Warner Brothers, and then like a couple of weeks after I booked it, they come back to me and go, "Print uh, uh, is missing." Like. We only have three reels. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was totally weird. Oh my god! Or yeah, even totally no, weird. it was. Either, I think it was that either that or it had like vinegar syndrome or something, or they couldn't. You know, it was like another. It was two films that I remember: Return of the Living Dead Part Two. I booked that one in thirty-five one year, and I booked Deadly Friend from Warner Brothers. And then they came back and told me that they were, you know, either they're missing reels or the print was. Vinegar syndrome to death to, right. to the extreme right. or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, going back to chopping mall, um, that is very. I am. I again. It's like I can't believe how popular that film is, and like it does have those uh, Roger Corman, New World, New Concord era nuances. I think right. It's got the, like, um, Mary Warvinoff is in there and Dick Miller. So that that you know that that's the connection there. But uh, it's it's. It's just a fun 80s, very 80s, you know, sci-fi slash or mishmash. Yeah. And it's, it's, the running time is great because it's, it's like really short. So it moves really, 
it moves really fast. And it's got the great Barbara Crampton right. in it, who, of course, was in, you know, Reanimator and From Beyond. That's and, right, yeah. You know, in fact, she's coming back to The Young yeah, and the Restless I mean, it, soon it, it, for the it, show's 50th anniversary. It's completely absurd, right? It's completely absurd, but it's, it, it fits the bill for, you know, for yeah. what, what the 1980s represented for a lot of people. It has a mall, it has killer robots, it has valley girls, it has <laughs> teens that want to do nothing but drunk and get drunk and have sex and get murdered. I mean, it really fits the bill. Well, that's, that's like basically the theme of the whole drive-in weekends. That exactly, exactly, month. exactly. <laughs> you know, even we know the rules. If you get drunk and fuck, you die. That's the way it basically is. Yeah, it's like, you know, that's what... That's what Green has reminded us that for years because we didn't get enough of it when we lived through it in the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw the new Scream movie. I thought it was pretty good, actually, but that's beside the point. I'll so. have to see that. I have Yeah, it's not it. bad. But um, next up, you've got Slumber Party Massacre 2 from 1987, um, which was directed by a woman named Deborah Brock. She didn't do a whole heck of a lot beyond that, but it does have Crystal Bernard as the lead. Um, she was, of course, in a few episodes of yeah. Happy Days and, you know, the all-star TV film High School USA. And then the Wings, uh, That's I right. think, was yeah. her claim. You know, that was her big, uh, that was a big hit series. Yeah, this one, it's like, people, like, when we showed the first one, it, again, it was, that, that film, the first one is, 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 it's just like a roller coaster ride as far yeah. as slasher films are concerned. It's like, it's gratuitous, it's, and, and like the, again, this one they're both directed by women, so you know that they're unique in that sense. But uh, this one is like, you know, this one's. Good. I, I I saw somebody on I think on social media on Facebook describe it as something like terribly great. Hmm. You know, it, I, I would, I it, would it's like a really really like so 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 bad that it's 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 entertaining. Yeah. So so bad that it's got appeal. Whatever, however you want to term it. It has you know, a massive following, the same as the first one. And it has one, a massive right? following. So, and, yeah. And, and, so people you know, were like, are you going to show the second one? Are you going to show the second one? I'm like, uh, <laughs> maybe. And, okay. and then it was like a no-brainer. It was almost like a no-brainer. It was like one of my top choices for a slash. I'm like, we showed the first one. Let's now do the second one. Yeah. People have been asking for it. Why not? And when did you show that? Was it 2021? Because I think I was there for that, for when you showed that first one. Oh, you know what? I'm getting to the point. I think I'm starting to forget. <laughs> I know it was, it, was 20, it was twenty. No, we showed. Listen, it, it was that one because it was up against. It was we had um, what's her name was in uh, Felissa Rose was in, and we actually swapped the order of the movies, right? Because Felissa had an engagement to go to Saturday if they were driving. That's right. It was going to be first, but yeah, they had this. If you know Felissa, trust me, it makes complete sense. But I said to her, "Are you?" She was, they left the drive-in like at 9 o'clock or 9.30 to drive to State College, and I told her she was crazy, but she is one of the most, we're both Geminis, she and I, so we click very well, and we get where you just want to add everything. We, You know, the, like multitasking, take on too much, and this, it was like, she's like, yeah, we want to leave early, so we have some time on the road, and we don't want to have any problems driving there late at night, and and so we swapped the movies for her, and uh, that's why we showed it. That we, her movie came first, Sleepaway yeah. Camp, and that came second. And I said to George, and I, and I have no problem talking about this. These movies are not on my list whatsoever. And I, I recognize the popularity of the movies, and I get what elements, but in my brain, the way this works is, is that the audience that are watching these movies 
weren't they weren't around back in the 1980s when I would go to a store and see that up against a top movie and go that's a joke and I had no interest in it but what we have found with Shout Factory being so adamant in releasing all of anything that they can essentially release and the fact that still book editions, I believe, exist for the Slumber Party Massacre films to me is terrifying. And I think for <laughs> now, like 4K, 4K UHD yeah, what, what, editions. What the fuck, yeah. people? I mean, yeah, you're, it's you like, know, I get, I get, I get. We have kids that are, you know, fans. Of yeah, but I mean, that's what they want. It's like supply and demand, exactly, you know. Exactly. But I'm, I'm, I have to confess, I'm like the same as Gene. A lot of these things, I would not touch. With a ten foot pole, like like some of my magical part to it. I wouldn't have touched yeah. To speak, right. We're not trying to speak negatively on it, but we you know, like the people that are like a perfect example, all these folks that love the Halloween movies. Okay. I like the first two, barely like the second because it was so choppy. Um, I can tolerate um, aspects of three because it was different even though, you know, I lose my shit every time she's a kooky robot and her arm comes off. In fact, I turned to George when we were screening that. I turned to George when we were screening that and I said, this is the exact scene that just kills this whole movie for me. Is like, you know, it was produced by quality people and then it turned into like this silly parody at some point or whatever. Um, but I don't think four or five and et cetera, et cetera, the Halloween films are good. I think they're terrible. I don't think Danielle Harris is, is good in those movies. That's no slander for her. Uh, she's a wonderful actress, but I don't think she was fully utilized in those movies. And the Myers house was like a fucking TARDIS. It constantly <laughs> regenerated and turned it turned into a different house. I mean, Jesus Christ, how the fuck Michael Myers could go through a house that looks different every time he right. grew up in but, kind but of that said, we will, we But that said, and, and I kind of agree, we will end up showing them sooner or later. No. Absolutely, because, because there are fans out there that want, like, for instance, the set, and actually Bill Van Ren worked on, I'm going to send a shout out to Bill from Groovy Doom, uh, Driving Asylum. Bill actually did, I don't know if you guys know or not, but he did the menus for those 4K releases um, for Shout Factory. He did some of the Halloween, menus yeah. on those nice. for the Halloween. So Bill's been kind of on Shout Factory for a while. So yeah, there's a market for that stuff. I, I and I last year I went through and I watched all the Halloween movies all the way through, and uh, you know I, I don't mind H2O. I wasn't a big fan of the newer ones, but I accepted when I walked into the theater that these were sort of modern interpretations of like retelling of the Halloween thing. Until I thought the first two were sort of okay, and the third one, this last one that came out, I thought it was horrible. Um, I was very disappointed in the finale because of the way the plot went, but I just, I, we just, George and I grew up w w watching these movies where there were so many of them that you really had to pick and choose what you liked. And because of the amount of stuff that was in the marketplace, you could see what was quality and what wasn't quality. And the audiences today are looking at it from a different perspective, and that's not what their perspective is. And that's not a negative thing. It just shows you how time changes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. The kid, people out there that think the original Atari games are, are awesome and these people that love Blockbuster, they have this vision, this retro vision. It's very endearing to me that they have it, but it's not the way reality was back then. I mean, I remember seeing those, those movies in the theater and going, wow, this is not the way I want Michael Myers or these films to be. I would go every time a new one would come out and I would leave disappointed. Right, right. Because I was in love with Jamie Lee Curtis and the whole and the three girls. The three girls in that movie 
are absolutely my favorite characters in the horror film, and that's why I hold Halloween as my top film of all time because it was absolutely perfect. And I just I, even the remi- the remakes by Rob Zombie, as much as I like Rob's music and everything else Rob has done of his own projects. I loathe the two Halloween films. I will never watch them again, ever. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. I just I, I'm a I'm a purist. It's just fun, but that doesn't mean. And again, what we find, I'm going to segue with this real quick, and then I'll, we can move on. What we find today too with social media, and with talking to some of the younger people, is that people get very pissed off and get very guarded and very angry about opinions. Okay, well, it doesn't mean that we disrespect what other people like by having those opinions. And I think that's a general problem in social media, period. Everyone is allowed to like what everyone likes, and that's fine. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong. But unfortunately, when you say that kind of stuff today, people feel the need to constantly be be aligned with the same type of movies and stuff. And I see where that's a big problem because, you know, we, we lived through it. This is our opinion, and that's an okay opinion. But if it's entertainment to today's audiences by all means my god enjoy yourselves i'd rather have them watching those movies that we watched years ago than some of the garbage that's being put out today that people think is good like this smile movie i had to turn it off it was absolutely abysmal you know yeah. or, or these terrifier films not a fan of terrifier could care less i'm sorry it's a it's a desperate attempt for a new franchise um, I was at a convention just two or three weeks ago with the, the cast members, and the lines for the photo ops with the clown were unbelievable. Oh. So it's been very successful. He's a nice guy. His character is very scary. That movie is not for me. <laughs> so <laughs> not at all. Interesting, interesting. So the fourth film on Friday, uh, April 28th, is Sorority House Massacre from 1986. And of course, you know we, we got Slumber Party Massacre, Sorority House Massacre. There, there were a slew of these uh, these sorority type slasher films in the mid '80s, wouldn't you say? There was also there was also Absolutely. House on Sorority Row too, wasn't there? Wasn't that yes. another one? Well, the House on Sorority Row is one of the ones like that. You know, we optioned. I think that's a really classy film. It's not gratuitous in yeah. the least. Hmm. It's uh, it like a, it's another one we will likely show sooner than later on one of these April programs. Um, but, you know, I decided to go total, like, in a, in a lot of, not, I'll say trashy, yeah, especially with some of these choices. And, and this, this just comes up. And again, it's just because I can see that there's, there's an appeal for this. And, um, which it's just an old-fashioned, maybe it's not a PD kind of uh but you know these drive these driving shows these drive, you know these retro driving shows are not PD. So we have girls in scantily clad lingerie and 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 sometimes naked which is a clear sign murders. that should be murdered. <laughs> exactly. So it's like it's part of the you know and it's it's almost uh, like self parody in a way. But you know we're paying tribute to these kind of films. You know they're available. They're out there. We're just showing them. We're just right. You know we're just. Uh, so why not? And did you guys see that one theatrically? Because I only saw it on video back in the eighties. No, definitely. I don't even know if this got much of a theatrical release. Okay. Yeah, not at I, all. You know, this, I don't remember. I don't know much about its theatrical. I could be wrong. I'm not. Don't call me because I really don't know much about its theatrical. But I think this is more like a straight to video kind of thing. 
Right, which is right. another reason why it's a very, you know, like the, there was never any, you know, there's probably no 35 prints ever in existence. Well, we're astounded, you know, as being old school you know, people, we're astounded. There isn't a week that doesn't go by that him and I don't say to one another, I can't believe this is coming out on Blu-ray. And it's just, it's amazing <laughs> that, 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 well, especially with Shout Factory and, you know, even some of the boutique labels like Severin and like and like whatnot. It's just amazing to me that these films. Yeah, you wouldn't even think that there would be a quality print available at all. You know, I got for Christmas. I bought this, and it was a fun thing. It was like seven ninety nine. I bought the other Silent Night, Deadly Night films, and that little. Um, they put out like a little uh, multi pack of like you know a couple of the ones that were, weren't really. Yeah, that didn't. Related. It was Vestron, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're Vestron. They're really terrible movies. First, but they were like I think those were all direct to video. In the, in the, in they the, were all uh, direct to video. They were all because they're video actually presented like like they're presented full frame. So they're not even a, they're not even correct. in that's a exactly theatrical. Yeah, yeah so that's straight. That's really straight to video. Hmm. Yeah, they were just right. straight were because straight the first video. one they were all four. The first frames, one yeah. and I guess the first the second one was so popular they just kept doing them direct to video and that's cool. Right. You know, for fans of those films, that's a really cool package, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is actually sold out. You can't get, you can still buy, and I said this to George, and, you know, a friend of ours, a, a common friend of ours, was like all gung-ho to own the second one. He saw the first one around Christmas time, and then he wanted the second one, and I told him, I said, go look for it on eBay. It's $100. I said, it's, it's sold out. And it's amazing to me that that movie would be out of print, I don't know if, if the quant the quantities were were you know less by shout or what the deal was, but it outsold the first one. The first one special yeah, still available on Blu-ray, and number two See, is gone. It's out of print yeah. completely. You know, hmm. Gene, Gene and I get more excited about stuff that won't go out of print that comes on Blu-ray, like Horror High and Shriek of the Mutilated and things like that. <laughs> That's what yeah, we still, when still that stuff was like. I, I'm like, mutilated. yeah. And, and Horror High Trigger and Mutilated. Stuff, Stanley. Trigger and Mutilated was one of the best the best releases by Vinegar Syndrome ever, let alone of last year. Because, you know, I got that movie and I threw it in. I actually called George that night or I sent George clips and said, sent him screenshots and said, George, this it, it's in such perfect condition that it almost takes away from the fun of it looking like shit. Yeah, he said it had like no it had no right to look as good as it does. And I'm not saying it's, it's, it's necessarily it's a good I mean, you know it's a it's really bad, but there's something about it. it's like this feeling you get from watching it. You yeah, know, and I remember yeah, why seeing right. it on T V on Saturday afternoon in the eighties. That was the first, and then I saw the uncut version, um, uh, which it's we, like, now it's we're getting to yeah, it's, it's just like, like yeah, there's something like about it, and it was shot on location up upstate New York, and right, it's right. just yeah, there's just something about like these little, and it's like a you know like uh something like well, which is more of a what I say is a masterpiece is let's scare Jessica to death, yeah, which was also shot right. in like Connecticut and yeah, and, but it, there's I have a fondness for because I saw on show. There's just things about there's yeah, things about where it's shot and locations and me as a kid. yeah. So yeah, so no, it's, it's, it's you know. Like, uh, just Around, to, and it just never ended. Like I constantly watched it last year. I was out with a friend. My friend Tim and I were out at dinner one night with friends around Christmas time, and we were driving home. And I looked at Tim and I said, "You know, we still got some time to kill. Let's go watch Shriek of You Late." And he said, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm 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 due for a rewatch. I think that's like awesome. the first yeah, I'm time that we had ever seen it. We just glorify yeah, that movie. So if folks out I'm there, I'm due for a rewatch. Of, yeah. 
Yeah, people out there have not heard of Shriek of the Mutilated. We give it a thumbs up. And, and the other film by the same the same production people was um, uh, Invasion of the Blood Farmers. Oh yeah, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite achieve what Shriek achieves, but it's still just perfect. <laughs> right. Right. And George, just yeah, to answer absolutely. your question from earlier, Sorority House Massacre, it looks like it did get a, a theatrical release. It seems like it's only in Pittsburgh because I'm looking it up on newspapers.com. And ah, it played in theaters with Deadly Friend and, uh, you know, uh, oh, Crocodile okay. Dundee. So, Which I, I think that might have been a new Concord release as well. I might have been. I don't know. Again, I'm not I'm not like I'm not really up on the on the, the history of it's. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, distribution, but that's interesting to know. But like, like you, like you, you know, confirmed it did get it, but it's very limited. So I'm sure few people actually saw this one in the theater, right? Even if they were around back then, why go in and see these things? Yeah, it was released on October 10th in '86, and it seemed like it played at least for a week. So I think it, yeah. that's about it, you know, just to get the um the theatrical interesting. Run. Yeah, okay. But um, moving on to Saturday's lineup, you've got uh, Maniac from 1980, which was um, you know, directed by William Lustig, of course, who directed the great 1982 film Vigilante with Robert Forster and Fred Williamson. Um, yeah. And he also did the Maniac Cop trilogy. So, Well, I'll tell you, so I'm going to tell you something about Maniac. Um, like the April show we've, we've only been doing for, uh, what, 10, 10 years now, 11 years? September, we've been yeah. doing uh, a, a few. Yeah. September has been, I remember telling people in person, like, I'll never show Maniac. That that will never happen. I'm never going to, you know, I'll never show Maniac. It's just too, it's just too brutal for, for our show. But, but see, now when Monsterama started, you know, with the September shows, it was really more, uh, traditional sixties, seventies, you know, uh, AIP, Vincent Price, Hammer, that kind of stuff. Right. And right. and right. you know, and I'm like, well, when we did like again, when I started doing April, I'm like, I have to really show the Riverside, you know, because they were on the fence about doing it, and you have to convince them when we did the first April Cools event that, you know, it would work in April as well as September. So I had to do something different. And that's when I, I, I said, well, let's get Friday the 13th. Let's get, uh, you know, the, the, the day of the dead and things like that. And it was, it was, it was huge. That's awesome. Here we so talk about here we are all these years later and yeah, here we are all these years later. And now I'm showing maniac because, you know, I think it's appropriate for, for the April show and, and, you know that the what the one of the excuse me for yawning guys, um, but you know one of the interesting things about this past September was you know we went back to the Christopher Lee thing because of the anniversary and um, you had already done a Vincent Price night and a Peter Cushing night, so George was adamant we're going to do Christopher Lee. We approached it with a little bit of I wouldn't say fear, but we were a little bit you know careful or cautious about because we thought okay. You know, can the newfound people that are coming, our new audience, which we've since the show has become more pop, certainly more popular, it's now selling out all the time. And uh, the publicity is a little bit heavier now with people talking and such. And uh, we were worried, sort of, you know, will Christopher Lee weekend sell to the people who are used to 
April Gould and, and Jalio filmed? And the answer was 100% yes. They came out and sold it out again. Nice. And that felt good for us because it said to us as fans of the genre and, and you know, promoting something like that, wow, there's still people that would come out for a weekend of something that's older and not something that's sensationalized because it was in the 80s or or whenever, and that meant a lot. You know, and we, we've actually started talking about this September. I don't want to get ahead of the game here and say anything that I can't say, but, you know, it's sort of an experimental space now to do anything with after you have done Spanish horror films and after you've done a weekend of Jalios, which is amazing, and, you know, the Christopher Lee weekend, it can go in a lot of different directions, and it can be one theme one night and one theme another night, but it can still be aside from the type of programming that takes place for April. April will, for the, at this point in time, you know, will always be that type of 80s pop culture slash stuff that's really, really popular. It's like George said, the audience is there. And if the, it doesn't matter whether the opinion is high or not by us, it's what you guys want to see and that's exactly what you're going to get. You know, right, it's, right. It's, it's, it's pleasing the crowd because yeah. we enjoy the crowd being happy, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like Maniac, again, like I said, I wouldn't show because I just thought it was too brutal for the... I haven't seen... This is a film I haven't seen in a long time. Cause I, did, this is, I didn't see in a theater, but I rented it very early in the video. Game when exactly, it was like, exactly. yeah. yeah, it was new to video. Yeah. And I did... I have to say, I did, I did think it was very intense and, and, and well done. I just find... I always found it very... You know, very brutal uh, for me personally. I'm not saying you know. So it's not something like I I, I revisit often, yeah. but like I get it, it's very it's one of the most popular slash films ever made. It's one of the most acclaimed. You know, it was probably ripped apart by Siskel and Ebert and all the critics at the time. Like most of that it stuff does, was. It doesn't make a difference. It's iconic. It doesn't. I'm just saying. It's just that's one of those. Yeah. But, you know, absolutely. it's it's iconic it now. It's an iconic. It's an iconic slash film. It's Tom Savini's effects have never been more disturbing. Nice. I, I, in I my, again, in my, in my opinion, the, you know. They had an explosion scene with the shotgun through the window. I remember there was kind of a big controversy about that, actually. Um, I think, to me, his, his, ra- you know, his, razor, uh, his razor slashings um, are just, uh, they're just... Tom had a lot of <laughs> you know, fun with that film. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's hard to watch. It's for me, but it's it's. Uh, so I'm looking forward to revisiting. But again, this is this is just a popular, iconic slasher film. You know, the great Joe Spinell. Yeah, one of the sleaziest you know movie characters. I think that this film kind of to me when I saw the Joker, I kind of reminded me of like the '80s, really dark slasher films like Maniac. So no, I, I mean, I got that feeling, like you know, like that New York vibe and this really really dark deep disturbed serial killer and yeah and, yeah the, the travel yeah. that's that, that is of that movie and one of the things of course george has grown up in the new york area but I'm, i've been extremely familiar with you know with long island manhattan whatever my whole life because i've been there so often and the thing is that it, to me it's it's amazing if you haven't seen as a tourist or i don't consider myself a tourist but a visitor um, you know, and of course he's a native. It's it's fun to watch those old movies and see all of the, the locations and how they've changed. And that is one movie that definitely utilizes the panorama that is Manhattan, 
Um, and it's amazing, you know, it was filmed there and it's just amazing, you know, there's no question about it. it, it, it he's, you know, Joseph Benaz, he's so New York. I mean, like, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And these movies are like time capsules when you get to see New York in the past, you know? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. It's yeah. a pleasure. Right. Yeah. So now your second oh, film... It's, on, it's, I'm sorry? Go ahead. I'm, I'm saying it's a very what? scary New It's kind of a scary New York. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> kind of scary. Yeah, it really was. But, you know... So your second film on Saturday is Maniac Cop from 1988. And you mentioned that you purposely paired these two together. What was the rationale behind that? Well, the rationale was it became available. Um, it became available for, you know, to, to, to show for theatrical recently again. And um, when I mentioned to Gene, he's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's a given. So I'm like, okay. You know, we got Maniac for Maniac Cop. We got like a William Lewis. And it, it's a... Uh, I, I kind of think it's out of all these. Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of time has passed since that came out, but I always thought of it more of a, a mainstream kind of movie. But maybe yeah. not so thirty something years later. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, I mean, I remember it being very popular when it came out. Yeah, you know? yeah, I saw it on videotape. Yeah. Um, of course, it's got Tom Atkins and Bruce Campbell and Richard Roundtree. So, oh, the cast, the cast <laughs> is great. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. And it's it's just one of those ones that didn't the the guy that plays the maniac cop he passed away a few years ago right yeah, yeah um, so. Robert Devar I can't even pronounce his last name yeah 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 um yeah he's just yeah. got he's got some interesting face and then uh, with that mate so this is this is kind of like a kind of like a zombie slasher crossover so we have robots yeah. slasher crossover and now we have one zombie slasher. But it's it definitely fits the spark and splash theme. But like, yeah, because it was just in the, you know we had, we get maniac, and then maniac cop. I thought it was just be great to show them back to back. So. Yeah, and they're great titles. No. I mean, <laughs> guaranteed an audience yeah, with those no. two. <laughs> well, it's it's good. I'm sure Todd, the the owner of the theater, loves it because they don't take much room on the marquee. Yeah, <laughs> when we showed like the Jalos, when we showed the Jalos, it was like, oh my god, every tile, every tile had like eight, eight words in it, you know, you know. So it was like, how do you get all these tiles on the marquee? That's you know? hilarious. He does an incredible, he does an incredible job, and then that George Lyle say to him, "How the hell did you get that up there?" I think he well, they got to abbreviate number things. Sometimes they got to yeah. <laughs> we have pictures of all them. We have all. The, we always have pictures of the yeah, marquees over on the years. Page, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, now uh, the third film you're showing on Saturday is one of the only '70s films. Everything else is '80s, and that's the Toolbox Murders from 1978. And I just wanted to briefly right. read the, the the synopsis that's on IMDb because I thought it was hilarious. It's a ski masked maniac kills apartment complex tenants with the contents of a toolbox. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, you this know? is this one's this one's interesting. A lot of people hate it. People love it. Like you said, it is. It's the very late 70s. Like, this is not necessarily, you know, just 80s movies, but it's so it fits the. I mean, we've done April, we've shown 70s as well, but, you know, like I said, it's not an 80s theme, it's a slasher film, and this is definitely during that, like, post Halloween era of slasher films. It came, I think it came out the same year as Halloween, but, um, you know, this is just, this, this one is kind of, uh, 
another one that I always found, I rented really early on in the video, you know, days. And I just found it very brutal. And yeah. it's like one I have not revisited often. And I look, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And uh, Cameron Mitchell is always great. I mean, this was during his period where he was just, only, I mean, he would, he would be in A films and a lot of TV shows, but then he just did a ton of these exploitation movies from like the, well, I mean, it started, it probably started with like, what was that? Gorilla, uh, was it Gorilla at Large? That? I mean, he's been in stuff since the fifties. Right, um, right, yeah. But like, but once like the sixties hit, when he started, to, I mean, I'm talking about the era when he was doing like uh, Night Nightmare and Wax and like biker films, like the Rebel Rouses. I mean, he was just, you know, doing all these low budget exploitation films, one after the other. I think in the Psychotronic book, um, they even mentioned like uh, something to the effect, you know, because it was written back in the 80s. He's like, until John Carradine catches up, no, he says. Uh, until Cameron Mitchell catches up, John Carrion has made more bad movies than anybody. You know, something to that effect. <laughs> that just goes to show you, he just, you know, he just was in, in so many of these exploitation horror films. At the time. I mean, this was like right. the one he's like best remembered for now, right. at least with, with horror fans, because, you know. Who's that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was yeah. in Night Train to Terror and, you know. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> oh, and it just went into the weird. you know up until he passed away. Even I mean, I think even in the early nineties, he was still doing stuff like this, like these. You know, yeah, without yeah. warning. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Too is uh, it, it has such a weird ass cast to Wesley Ur, right? And yep. uh, who's 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 the girl that's Pam, in the movie? Pamela Ferdin. Yeah, Pamela Ferdin. Who I think it's one of like the last things she did before she she um. She stopped yeah, acting. Yeah. She was a very popular child actress. She was in like every TV show ever. She played Felix's daughter on The Odd Couple, and we, and was like in a lot of you know kids shows Saturday morning, but like prime well, time you know shows. I think she, she, was, she was the daughter on the Paul Lynn show, right? Which was short lived in yeah, the early seventies. You yeah. know what I best what I best remember her for is being that 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 temptress of all temptresses. From the Brady, Brady Bunch, Lucy yeah, Winters. yes, Lucy's birthday party <laughs> where she was. She was the one that caused Jan to, to wear a black Jan wig. Life. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so classic. And she did a voice in uh, in Charlotte's Web, and you know, like you oh, said, yeah. she was Pam, all across Pam, the dial. Pam is still around. Pam's still around. Didn't she do? Uh, didn't she do? Uh, didn't she do Lucy on Peanuts at one time? Yes. Yep. Yeah, well. she, she's, she's I mean, still available for autographs on her webpage. Oh, she's retired from acting. I think she's. I follow her on on the Facebook, and I think she's. She's, she's always she's posting these animal, interesting animal stories. Protecting. Yeah, she's an animal rights uh, activist. Activist. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like supposedly working on an autobiography because always putting up interesting facts about you know her career and me. And I mean, I mean, it must be a fascinating career because she's been. Uh, she worked with so many different famous people and, and you know and you know and you know what yeah. though she stayed stable through the whole thing and she's yeah. still around and a lot of those child actors and actresses mm -hmm. you know from that time are just they're gone now like the actress i'm drawing a blank here george you're gonna have to phone me in because i'm i thought too fast but the actress was in 
Whitlock and Dark Shadows, who was also on the Brady Bunch. She's oh, Denise, Ni- Denise Nichols? Denise Nichols. Not Denise yeah. but Denise Nichols. She's gone Denise now. Denise Nick- Nickerson? Yeah. Nickerson, that's it. And she, she's yeah. gone now. I mean, and so many of those young actors, you know, you, see, you find out years later that they just, you know, they drank and, and there was drug use. And, I mean, and another survivor was Johnny Whitaker. Johnny is still around, and Johnny can tell you, I've had the pleasure of meeting him numerous times and talking to him, and he'll tell you all about, he still does drug addiction counseling and stuff. Yeah. He'll tell you all about the pitfalls of being a child actor, so it's fantastic. So, and, and Wesley, but Wesley and Kathy Coleman, they're an unstoppable force. Follow him on Facebook. I've had and Wesley, and like Wesley, yeah. Yeah, he's like so, Wesley, he's like a cheat Wesley R is in this film. Doesn't he? Does he's he play her sister? I mean, her, her brother. He plays her brother, I think, in the film. I, I like again, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. And Wesley Year for but folks at home, it's like I, I just want to say for folks at home who don't know, Wesley Year played Will, the son, on uh, Land of the Lost, and uh, and we yeah, did have uh, Johnny Whitaker on the show quite a while ago, and he was really awesome. Isn't he? Isn't he an amazing gentleman? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he has such stories to tell. He, he just and he's so good with people. He's not one of those celebrities that's been around forever that has an attitude. With Johnny, will just sit down with you like he's your. He's always been your friend, and he's very open and passionate about what what has happened in his life and his career. Yeah, and honest, and it's just a good feeling to be around. And I'll tell you what, Wesley and Kathy, they've been monster bash here twice. They came back twice in one year. I did this photo op where you get to ride in the boat with them, and there's like a slave stack and a, a dinosaur and a, and a uh, <laughs> and bottomless snowman. And I'll tell you what, I put that on Facebook and on Instagram, and people went bonkers. That's awesome. And uh, they're they're very pro land of the loss and what they did, and they know that niche audience. And it's good to see those people like them doing all these shows and and supporting you know what we grew up on. And uh, this is a shout out to them. It's a pleasure to see them active and still alive and looking good and healthy after all these years. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, your final film on Saturday, uh, the twenty ninth of April, is Silent Madness from '84. Um, so this is one I've, I've seen the poster over the years, but I've never actually seen the film. What can you guys tell us about it? Well, it's a, it's again, it's a. This is about a um, escaped you know, madman who escapes from, from a mental institute and goes on a killing spree. And it's got all the ingredients. It was shot in, in its scope and and it, it was a 3D version. And people have been asking us, you know, we show in the 3D version. And, you know, and I and I say, we can't on the driving screen. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, it doesn't, it won't translate right. So this is the flat version. It's actually, it's actually a, a fun, well-made film. Uh, it's got, um, you know, a pretty decent cast. Um, Belinda Montgomery's in it, and um, of all people, Rebecca Linfors is in it. You know, the veteran actress. Yeah, it's an odd cast. And it's, right. so it's like it's like it's like surprisingly well. It's like a well-made kind of uh, drama, but with the with all the, the typical slasher ingredients in it. And um, you know, I think it works. And again. I wanted to show because because we love that art that we used in the uh, in the advertising, 
but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little, it's again, I think it's, it's not as popular as, um, as a lot no, of the other films on the program. It's people iconic. keep, well, people keep saying like, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. And it's, uh, you know, it's worth, it's definitely worth searching out. I think they're going to love, they're going to enjoy seeing it. Nice. It's a lot right. of, wild, of pretty, it's, pretty, it's, pretty it's, cool guest scenes. And, yeah. It's a deal with everything. Yeah, it's a strange, it's, it's, it's a strange part. You know, they, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a video cover. There's an older video cover for it. And it kind of looks like, uh, Richard O'Brien from from Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> yeah, Show. <laughs> no, I mean the, this you know, one was like, just his face, and it looks like Richard O'Brien from like not the, what was the Rocky Horror sequel? The uh, oh shock, um, yeah, from Shock Treatment. Shock Treatment, yeah, yeah. It's it, like it does. yeah, it's, it's a very it was, a, it was like the even the video rental was very misleading. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I think you know what though. Like, Again, it, it it just is what it's it's it embellishes the whole theme. It, it's a good way to finish up the night. I like I like it. You know, I like the film. You know, I really do. You showed that film before. The film before with the action murder that was filmed in another country, but was supposed to be like Kids of America. What was that called? Was that uh, oh, uh, Edge of the, the Axe? Yeah, yeah, which is a Spanish and film. You know yeah. what? Though that's an that's a, that's an obscure film too. It's similar to this, but again, it just. You know, it's very sellable to that. That was uh, directed by uh, Jose Larraz, you know, yep. very popular horror director. Right. He's done a lot of right. good, good films in England. And, you know, and I, I totally am, you know, looking, have sights on, on showing more, uh, let's say, foreign. Uh, sure. Foreign slash horror films from the 80s that, you know, again, may not be as popular with this crowd, but you know, we'll, you know, I mean, that there, there's stuff available. I mean, you have Joe Diamato stuff and, and even just Franco stuff. There's, still, and, oh, there's yeah. still some really scary. There's still some scary Fulci films that could, that could be, you know, used on and, yeah. and sequels, there's sequels too. There's so many films. We're going to bring you stuff that like, yeah, you're not going to, you know, it's a lot of stuff. You're not going to be seeing elsewhere. Yeah. Least, I mean, the blind dead movies program. Yeah, I mean the Blind Dead movies would be an awesome, uh, you know, quadruple. Well, yeah, we showed available. You know, we showed two of them. I think already. the first, the first one is becoming available because Synapse released it, and I think it's available for theatrical because it had played before they they put we out the. We did Horror of the Zombies. We did Horror of the Zombies. And, and, Night, of the and yeah. Night of the Seagulls. And Night of the Seagulls already. Yeah. You know, for the zombies, for me, I, as you know, I'm a purist, the same as everybody else's, with you know, spoken language and subtitles. But I have to tell you, I saw Horror of the Zombies on Saturday afternoon when I was a kid, and it, it, it instantly made me a fan. And I love the American cut. I love the fact that it's kooky fashion models, and I said kooky, <laughs> kooky fashion models that ha happen upon a random Spanish galleon filmed with. You know, filled with these these zombies, which shouldn't be able to kill anybody, let alone they walk so slow. You know, you should be able to just take like a ball bat and knock them into pieces. They're just skeletons, but you know, yeah, and they make it look like the boat is is like eighty <laughs> times as big as it really is. It's like, <laughs> you know, like things could be going on in and, one and place part of the boat. Yeah, nice. And the seagulls it, it personifies that whole feeling in these movies where. 
you know, these people end up in a, in a like a coastal town or a, a, a European town. It's a Spanish town, but they end up in a town and bad things are going on and there's monsters. So it's either like zombies or vampires or whatever. There's so many of those films from that period, like Vampire's Night Orgy and stuff, which we've also shown that, that personify that mysterious travelers trapped in a bad place and that's why it's so much fun that movie is another incredible film so i'd love to see the first two but again we have to do english language versions because when we did profondo rosso and we had just a little bit of subtitles in there people were actually coming up to where we were selling the shirts and, and not complaining but missed over why we were doing subtitles and George even announced prior <laughs> to the screening that portions of this are going to be in another language with subtitles for, for it to be the most complete version that you can see. And people were still like, Oh, those were subtitles. We have read them. Oh my God. Get over it. You know? Yeah. Well, somebody asked, somebody asked me if that was like an artistic thing, <laughs> you know, like that it goes from subtitles back to English and I'm like, yeah, artistic, like as if artistic, like as if the filmmaker, you know, chose to do that for you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like no, it's uh, right. You know, I, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put people down because I, I guess some people don't really understand, you know, film yeah, well, ethics and there's different cuts, especially with like films like that where there's different cuts for different markets. Right, and then the, you know they make a complete, and then you have scenes that were never translated into English or never shown in English, so English language doesn't exist. So they have to, if they want to make it complete, they have to do it like Deep Red for like Gene is saying. Like there's a whole bit with um, David Hemming's character where he's rehearsing with his um, you know musical ensemble, and it's not, it was never in any. American uh, or international, I mean, uh, you know, English language uh, version. Right. So right. in order to restore it, you know, you got those scenes in there and it's all, and it's not his voice. Yeah. So it's maybe yeah. even more confusing for them. That's his voice right. is, is definitely yeah. in the English version. Right. So. Right. Well, guys, I'm so glad you could join me again today. This was awesome. You know, folks, if you and can I get there. I apologize for being long-winded. No, sorry, no, Roger, it's fine. I get carried away on <laughs> I get carried away on tangents and I don't shut up. I'm sorry. It's My fine. apologies. No, that's what we're here for. But, I know one more one more quick plug here. Also, for people that are tuning in this, don't forget the snack bar is going to be having uh, when I don't have a specific special in front of me, but of course all the great food from before. People love the riverside food. They do a great job. So please come out and support the snack bar. Also, the other thing I wanted to mention was that the camping and the film, the, 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 our weekend admission went up $5 this year, and it was just time to do it. We've been doing $10 for decades, and it was just the time to do it because things are becoming more costly and risky, and it's just that time. So the price actually has gone up for the camping to 15 and admission per night is 15 right. um, as well. So this is the first time in almost 20 years that's happened, but it, need, it needed to happen. But everything else, shirts are still available on the website, and they'll be available at the show in smaller sizes. And that's about all I got. George, anything else before we go? Yeah, I'd like to show? say, too, I don't know, anybody that's used to coming to our show for the list, 
to our shows being April and September for the last few years, know that we've been doing a raffle basket, which I uh, create myself out of things that I've purchased and collected and I make it and I put it together. <laughs> and we're going to, again, this you is a uh, fantastic job. I'll tell you something. I've been, I've, I'm doing as we, I've been doing as we speak. I think this one is going to be one of the best ever. And the contents is going to be a lot of unique contents as far as stuff that's like one of a kind, or I'll just give you an example right here. We, we have, um, uh, a Joe Spinell maniac figure. That's they're only, it's like, it's an eight inch figure custom made, you know, in, in packaging and everything. And there was only 30 of them made. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's exactly. extremely I rare. It's yeah. Autograph too. We have a, we have a few autographs. Yeah. There's going to be a yeah. few autographs. There's going to be a lot of toys. There'll be toy, like yeah. one of a kind, uh, toys. Most of them, most everything is connected to the movie or the movies series. Like say, uh, right. Final Night, right. Deadly Night Part Two. But there's figures in there that are like, they're out of print and they're, you know, they're, right. You know, you're not going to be able to walk into a, a store and get them anymore. That's nice. what I'm trying to say. And so. we're also going to have, we're having Time Bomb Toys Friday night only, and we'll have uh, Monster Mart there on Friday and Saturday. Those will be the vendors at the show. So we're very excited to have both of those guys back. And and, and Creepy um, Classics, as always, too. Creepy awesome. Classics. That's what, and, and I was about to say that, hey, Ron. The guys from yeah. Creepy Classics will be in the inside selling all the great T-shirts and everything that they sell as well. So, you know, that's that's going to be a good show. We're all excited to see those folks back every year. It's They're part of the family, and, you know, they make it special for everybody else. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Well, folks, don't forget, it's the April Ghouls Drive-In Super Monsterama in 2023 at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. I highly recommend it. I've been once. I... I can't go this year. The plane tickets are just too damn expensive, but uh, it's on April no, Friday. Don't April we know 20th. that? Yeah. <laughs> we'll try to get you. We'll try, I'll try to put something together. You want to come in September, maybe. There you go. I have a friend, I have a friend from Boston that, that doesn't want to drive to Pittsburgh, and he wanted to fly down, and he was, look, he was looking into it, and he had a choice between that and Living Dead Weekend, which both he loves. And he ended up taking Living Dead Weekend because oh. it was cheaper. Well, but it, I know, but it was cheaper to it was cheaper to fly down that weekend if he changed. Oh. I, uh, I won't hold it against him. I think I know what it is, drive but I won't hold it. The area is horrible. I've, I've done yeah. that drive to the Boston area for over twenty years, and it's nothing to laugh at. It's rolling. Oh yeah, last and time. Like I said, I'm the I'm the I'm the creator of this event. I am the organizer, and I drive seven hours from Here New York. To get there, so so when <laughs> people say, "Oh, it's, oh, it's hour. two hours away," it's two hours away. I don't, yeah, two hours. Come on, we're giving you a whole weekend. You can camp, you can stay. You yeah, know, if like you're, if you're in a two-hour driving, you're, you're driving for it's, in it's an event. Car. It's not it's not a double feature. It's not a it's an event. It's right. a, it's it's an all night event. It really is. So yeah, when when and, when and the wife and I went, that, we, like that's go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Rod. No, I was gonna say that's that's you. that's the vibe we get. The people that yeah. comment have been coming know it's an event, and they yeah. treat it as such. So it's great. Roger, listen. Thank yes. you again. We love you. We think you're great. We love the work that you do and the work you do with us. And thank you for being part of this big crazy happening and family. Uh, we look forward to this every year. 
And awesome. we'll look forward to seeing you in person again. It was such a pleasure having you the one year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we will see you in person point. again. Yeah. It took yeah. us, it was and a 10 hour drive for too. us. <laughs> no, I oh, told, I, I mean, I, it's, yeah, I know it, you I've know, it. which it's, I um, you know, over in Tarrytown actually, but yeah, yeah, I've done it many times. <laughs> Awesome. Well, folks, seen, right, I mean, Rod, you know, thanks a yeah. lot. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be part of the family here, and it's just great fun. And I just wanted to mention uh, one last thing, too, is it's Friday, April 28th, and Saturday, April 29th this year. And, you know, you guys mentioned that there's camping, too. I think, didn't we, last time we spoke in September, yeah, the, the theater, uh, the, the drive-in theater had expanded their camping area? Actually, they well, they pushed it back for more cars is what they did. They consolidated it because people were randomly camping, I guess, in an area that could be a car area. I, I can't I don't remember the details. I know they had to change their change the game plan a little bit with that to accommodate, I think, more people going. Yeah, but the, yeah, it's exactly it's a matter of accommodating decrease, yeah. not to decrease the camping, but to make it more compact and, and a more efficient area rather than as random as it was. I think right. that's what why they did it but you know they're let me tell you something they're masters of what they do when we show up to do the shows there everything is set to go they're great people um like i said again the most important thing of this whole event is family and what people take away from it as well is is what's given into it and that's the big message from george and i to everybody you know come and be part of the experience and don't be shy and talk to everybody and have a good time. It's that type of a weekend. It's not just going to a drive-in to watch horror movies. It's an experience that right. you will continue to to hopefully want to do for years, and you will talk about it. You won't forget it. Oh, yeah. You go by yourself. You're not leaving. If you come by yourself, and I've told people this, and it's the truth, you're not leaving alone because on that weekend you'll probably have added 50 people on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like, you know? yeah. People, people have made friends with with a lot of friends have made friends with, through right. coming to absolutely. the show. That you right. know, yeah, absolutely. And, and I've seen people say, "Oh, you know, I don't. I really don't want to come alone." And I, 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 I think there's nothing wrong with coming alone. Yeah. You know, I mean, I as an organizer, I came to the thing from New York. I had never met you know, the, the owners of the theater, I just spoken to them and emailed. So I was came, I was coming in cold. I came in alone and then look where we are now. Right. So, I mean, don't, if you, if you think coming alone is like an odd thing, it's not, it really isn't because you know, you're yeah, you going to come in and you have friends. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. you'll be, you hanging, be yeah, absolutely. And if the yeah, listeners want to look groups and chairs and, Right, and if the you listeners know, want to look you up online, uh, the event is on um, listed on Facebook. So just uh, go on Facebook and Google uh, or search for Drive-In Super Monster Rama, and you'll find it. Yeah, you'll find the That's community right. page, yep. and then you'll find the event. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being here today, and uh, it's awesome, and can't wait to talk about the next one in September. Absolutely, Roger. Thank right. you we'll so much you, for thank you for thank you so much for your support and for having us on. Awesome, awesome. All yeah. right, take care, right. guys. Bye. See you later. Take care. Good night.
Well, folks, that was fun again, and I hope you get a chance to attend the April Ghouls Drive-In Super Monsterama 2023 at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania, which is on uh, Friday, April 28th and Saturday, April 29th this year. I just wanted to remind you that we got a live streaming monthly series called The Fright Lounge in which we discuss all horror media for seasoned horror fans as well as those of you who don't know if you want to get into horror. So it's kind of a fun show. And we've got another podcast called The Cult Movie Lounge in which award-winning blogger Robert Monell and I discuss all cult movies all the time. And then, of course, there's our sister show, The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers films and Spaghetti Western movies. All of these can be found at our website at havenpodcasts.com. So, uh, folks, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please go to wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a five-star review. That would help bump us up in the algorithm so that people looking for similar shows can find us. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, Thank you for joining us once again. And um, as I always say, class dismissed. podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. shows like the one you just heard check out the dorkening podcast network at the dorkening.com